Hello everyone, welcome back to Sunrise. I'm your host Alex and I'm here with my friend Vlada. Vlada, how is your life going? Going pretty great, how are you doing? I'm doing great as well. Um, I've been lately discovering a lot of new music. Um, this, this, uh, this current situation, well, the good side of it is that we have a bit more time for, for hobbies, at least in my case. And um, I've discovered some really, really good stuff. Also some not so, not so good stuff, let's face it, but uh, yeah. What do you mean? What stuff is not so good? What is it that uh, <laughs> you found? What is it that you wasted time on? Certain uh, Grammy-winning records, to be honest. Oh, you were exploring the Grammy winners of the recent years? Yeah, of the last 20-odd years. And some of them, in my personal view, just didn't, didn't deserve it, to be honest. Well, I applaud your courage. I, I wouldn't engage in such a, a futile effort. Yeah, you, you just you just you just start questioning: um, Is it really worth kind of rating that that type of award? Is it really down to awards? I think it's not. I think you're the one that should either award it or uh, criticize it. To be honest. Oh, well, you know, with these things, I mean, at the end of the day, it also comes down to somebody's taste. And I find a lot of these awards to be more about whatever the current trend is in the music industry and uh, whatever is getting the most media exposure. So at the end of the day, I think the best way to seek new music is to pay attention to uh what other people say rather than just official awards yeah and you just mentioned the media me personally i am pretty much into music but i i read i, I don't read the papers at all and one of the reasons why i don't do it is because um, many musicians have kind of disliked what the media says you know for example the Cure and Robert Smith, you know, a lot of media tell, tell us that they were goth rock or something like that. And then you have Robert Smith saying, I never said that. that that's, you know, that's nonsense. Mm, well, <laughs> that, that's when we come down to the question of labels, you know, and uh, genres. So I think when it comes to truly great artists, it's very difficult to put any labels on them. So... There's no wonder a lot of these people would disagree with how the music media has labeled them. That's right. And speaking of genres, uh, today's episode is a bit different. Um, we are actually not going to talk about one band and uh, or one record. Uh, this episode is going to actually be kind of uh, genre-centric because... Uh, we're going to be talking about a genre, a specific genre, and uh, also three bands and three records. Um, the and genre a is a, and yeah. a specific label as well. And a specific label, that's right. Yes. Um, um, so uh, we're actually going to talk about jazz, 
And the three records that uh, we're going to be talking about today, the first one is Aftonland by the Norwegian uh, musician Jana Gerbarek. Uh, the second one is The Amazing Adventures of Simon Simon, released by John Sherman and Jack Dijonet. And the final record is The Sea, uh, another Norwegian uh, musician, which is Kjell Bjornstad. So I just want to quickly, before we start, uh, before we start discussing these records, I just want to quickly talk about uh, the genre jazz. Now, obviously, Vlada, uh, as far as I know, you started listening to this to this type of music when you were 15, right? Yes. Um, yes, I started listening to jazz rather early, and I think what really brought me to jazz was uh, rock from 1960s. Uh, a lot of great rock musicians from that era were naturally influenced by jazz musicians, as jazz was in many ways the most progressive music that you had at the time, especially late 50s, early 60s. So, um, especially after listening to these jam-oriented bands like Grateful Dead and the Allman Brothers Band, I had an itch to get into jazz, and of course it started with John Coltrane, who is by many considered the greatest jazz musician of all time. But having said that, I have to say that I've always been on and off with jazz. I'm more into rock music, and sometimes I need to hear that melody, I need to hear those lyrics. Um, but I kept coming back to jazz, and now in recent years I've been listening to jazz rather heavily, especially the label we're going to talk about today, the, uh, the ECM label, uh, known for some of the greatest jazz records ever made. And, you know, jazz is, as a genre, it's uh, so rich, so vast, it goes beyond uh, whatever you may think jazz is if you're not truly familiar with it and uh, I think this is why I decided to feature these records today also want to bring more attention to them as I often feel they're just a, a niche and that it, there's a very small people truly enjoying them yeah good point um, well me personally uh, on the other hand I've never really been uh, a fan of uh, of jazz music, to be honest, I do admire and respect a lot of jazz musicians, such as you know Jack Pistorius, uh, Michael League, and you know I, I know that they are absolute masterminds when it comes to when it comes to their music knowledge and uh, and also how they play their instrument, which is absolutely wicked. And I consider them not not just being uh, jazz legends, but also music legends in general. So. Um, I do admire the music. I can't really say that it's bad, but uh, it's not at this point. It's it's not really my taste. It's not really something that I go to that often. Mm -hmm. So uh, listening to these records was kind of a mixed reviews, to be honest. So let's start with the uh, let's say the oldest one here, which is Aftonland by Jan Grabarek. Uh, this record was released in 1980, and um, to be honest, uh, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, I'm still not a big fan of it, to be honest. 
it sounded a bit boring. It sounded it, it's not really the type of music that I that, that moves me. You know, I know it's it's kind of an atmospheric vibe um, incorporated in, in this album. But um, yeah, ju just not hugely impressed with it. What about you? Well, um, I knew this record would be a difficult listen because it's definitely not uh, an album I would start listening to uh, if I was uninitiated with jazz, you know, or with the ECM label that we're talking about today. It's a very atmospheric record. It doesn't have anything that propels the music. There's only two instruments, the organ and the saxophone. Uh, so uh, it's not something that that's easy to take in. However, I feel that this is a record of great beauty. When I listen to this, uh, it takes me back to the time when I lived in Norway, specifically in the north of Norway, especially the dark period during the winter. Uh, I imagine these snow-covered mountains under the polar lights in the sky and uh, I feel like especially Jan Garberg's saxophone tone uh, perfectly captures this Norwegian atmosphere. To me, he's the sound of Scandinavia. He's the sound of Norway. And that's why I wanted to start with this record today. Uh, Jan Garberg to me is one of the most unique saxophone players that ever lived. Uh, his sound is unlike anything else I've ever heard. And most importantly for me personally, the way it resonates with me is that it takes me back to that time, you know, when I lived there. And I know it may sound odd, but this music really conjures images in my head. Those images that I've seen so many times in the past. That's an important aspect, to be honest, because uh, if, if you're able to connect your music with, with something in your life, uh, in this case, we're talking about Nori, because obviously you, you spent some time living there. Um, and also, uh, well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really uh, connect this, uh, this type of music with Norway. Uh, and by the way, Vlad and I, we both speak Norwegian. Um, when it comes to Nora, the, the thing that comes to my mind is indie rock, dream pop, and that 2000 stuff, a bit softer and a bit more contemporary uh, compared to, to, to this music. So, uh, yeah, and also quickly be, before, we, before we play a track from this album, some, um, yeah, some um, professional ratings, they call it professional ratings. Uh, from all music and uh, the Rolling Stone Jazz Record Guide. Pretty low ratings. Uh, all music gave it a two out of five, two stars. And yeah, the, the other source, the Rolling Stone Jazz Record Guide, uh, these guys gave them um, three out of five. Uh, you know, we, we don't take this 100% as, as an accurate source. But uh, I mean, it's subjective, you know, and to, to me, it's shocking that anyone would give it such a low rating because the musicianship of these people is uh, unquestionable. So I feel like these bad ratings mostly 
stem from the fact that this record really deviates, really deviates from how people think of jazz. You know, you may argue that this is not even a true jazz record, but its improvisational nature certainly argues uh, the opposite, right? So, I don't know. I, 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 I call our listeners to take a listen to this one. Uh, maybe don't make it the first listen out of these three records we're going to cover today, but uh, eventually go to it uh, with an open mind, relax, uh, maybe lie down or sit and let the music do the talking. That's some good suggestions from your side. So uh, let's play a snippet of some of these tracks uh, since you were obviously... Uh, a much bigger fan of this record than I am. Uh, I'll let you pick one track uh, from this album. Okay, um, I would pick um, Iskirken or the, the Ice Church, right? Um, it kind of yeah. reminds me of the Arctic Cathedral in Shumse. Actually, the whole record reminds me of that Arctic Cathedral because it was probably the most acoustic space in uh, the north of Norway and a lot of concerts were held there and the sound was amazing and you can tell by listening to this record that this was also uh, recorded in a similar environment this record was recorded in a church that's why it features the church organ alongside the saxophone so this is a definitely a very representative song from the record Iskirken okay Iskirken from uh, Jan Garbarek.
have an excerpt from Iskirken by Jan Garbarek and on the church organ Shell Jonsson, right? Alexander, was that pronounced well? <laughs> uh, I guess, I guess it is. Um, we'll maybe... hear from our Norwegian listeners. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll survive the onslaught. <laughs> exactly. So uh, before we move on to our next record, um, let's just um, quickly give our final ratings for, for this one. Uh, so, uh, Vlada, on a scale of 1 to 10? I would say this record is uh, 8. I would say 8. So it's not the best record out there. It's very uh, atmospheric, very experimental. However, I truly appreciate its atmosphere and the sound. And uh, even now, listening to this part of Iskirken, it gave me chills just hearing that Jan Garberg sound. So, eight out of ten for me. Okay, uh, I'm gonna give it a five. Um, I think that's a boo boo <laughs> to be honest from, from my side. So, a five out of ten. And now we're moving on to. The record called The Amazing Adventures of Simon Simon. And uh, apart from having the same label as uh, the previous album, um, another thing that connects the two is that this was uh, recorded in Norway. But uh, the musicians are, are not Norwegian, actually. Well, these two, let's say the, uh, the main musicians here, John Sermon and Jack DeJunette. The, the uh, only ones. They're the only two people on the record yeah like they they play all the instruments yes yeah i'm actually looking at, at the personnel list and they are also um they are listing the engineer the photography and those guys are norwegian actually yes actually uh because we're talking about the ecm label a lot of their records were recorded in oslo so um it's a German label, by the way, but there is a very deep connection between this label and Norway and all the greatest names of the Scandinavian jazz in general are on this label. Yes, yes, I can see that the producer uh, is German. And um, yeah, so, so this album, uh, it came across as refreshing and pretty different if you ask me compared to Afterland because uh, I thought it sounded much more contemporary and much more much easier to listen to for a young person if you ask me or for someone who, who's not a jazz fan like, like I am and uh, obviously John Sermon with with the saxophone and uh, Jack DeJunette as the drummer I thought they were absolutely su superb I just loved listening to to this album so a completely different a completely different feeling um with with this album well yeah this album um is uh, uh, an album i would definitely recommend to anyone wanting wanting to dig deeper into uh the ecm jazz or jazz in general even even though uh, these three records we're talking about today are not typical jazz records. They're very experimental, this one included. But this one is so beautiful. Uh, John Sermon is known for a, a lot of interesting uh, sounds and overdubs and uh, 
let's take the first track here, Nestor's Saga, the way it builds the atmosphere. It's so enchanting, so um, miraculous even, I would say. And it's very reminiscent of Pink Floyd's Shine On You, Crazy Diamond. Not in a bad way, of course, but it matches that type of atmosphere, which I think is very rare. I haven't really heard that anywhere else, which is why I find this uh, song absolutely amazing and a beautiful way to start a record. And then when Jack DeJohnette comes in with the drums, it just takes it to another level because this guy really pushed the boundaries when it came to drumming. Here he basically paints with his uh, brushes and his uh, drumsticks and just something to to marvel at. Uh, so definitely two masterful musicians, beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful performance. Yeah, yeah, good point. I, I think this is a good starting point for, uh, for a newcomer uh, in, in the jazz world. And this is an album that I will probably come back to in the near, in the near future. I also I would also like to point out one fun fact about this album. Uh, the album cover is among the top 100 best album covers. So uh, yes, yeah, as, that's pretty interesting. As chosen by Storm, the late Storm Torgensen, the famous designer of album covers, who worked very tightly with Pink Floyd and was a very close friend of theirs so he chose this uh, album sleeve this album sleeve as one of his top 100 favorite album sleeves so uh, another yeah. another link to pink floyd so it's quite interesting and definitely if you're a pink floyd fan check out this record yeah I tend to talk about album covers quite often uh, I do find them important when it comes to um the overall experience uh, with a certain band or a certain record. So I would really like to hear from, from our listeners whether they find it important, whether, whether they um, kind of look after some specific uh, album covers. Because I have experienced uh, like, like a situation when I, where I choose an album to listen to, uh, you know, an album that I'm not familiar with, and the music is not that good, but I, I actually wanted to take a listen because the album cover was, was so convincing. Yeah, I think uh, I also want to hear from our listeners what your favorite album sleeves are, whether uh, these images ever go together with the music on the record in your mind, whether they enhance the experience or not. Because for me, it's, a, it's definitely an important part of uh, listening to a record it's it's a part of what makes it a complete work of art right and sometimes i'm afraid that in this digital era that part of uh, listening to the music that part of the whole experience is kind of kind of getting overlooked yes it is it is so uh let's conclude this album with uh with a bit of uh of a track Let's pick a track from this album. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm not gonna pick the obvious uh, choice, Sinestro Saga. Uh, I'm actually gonna pick the Buccaneers, which is uh, the second track on this album. 
And before we play it, let's just give our ratings. For me, 8 out of 10. For me, this is uh, 10 out of 10. Definitely one of the best jazz records I've ever heard. Um, it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but I encourage everyone to check it out. It's beautiful music. It's very atmospheric, experimental, but at the same time quite catchy and melodic in a jazzy kind of way, right? And it's just uh, it's just another marvelous ECM release. So, dear listeners, this coming from a lifelong jazz fan, you should definitely take a look at this album. So let's play now. Let's play the Buccaneers. Okay, good stuff. Now Great we stuff, are, right? Yeah. Now we are approaching our final record for today, and I just wanna, I just wanna say that the first record was released in 1980, um, the second was released in 1981, and now we're moving on to a record that was released slightly, you know, a little bit later, in 1995. Um, this was, th this is an album by another Norwegian musician, which is Kjell Bjornstad. Um, first of all, the album cover on this one is absolutely Norwegian, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, and, and you know, uh, ECM as a label is very known for its 
visual identity. So you might have noticed that uh, looking at these album covers. And uh, this one and the previous record we listened to are prime examples of that. Beautiful photography, you know, makes... Uh, there's something mystical about it, right? It uh, It's either beautiful landscape or... Uh, a, pho a photo that uh, invites a listener to try to interpret it alongside the music. So yeah, this one is definitely a very Norwegian album cover. So, yeah. and it actually features some really good Norwegian mu mu musicians, um, such as Teddy Ripdal, um, the guitarist, and. For me, this album, it sounded very good, but I have to highlight the guitar here because it was magnificent. And probably because, you know, both of us, we're rock fans. We're big fans of, uh, of rock music. And the guitar here, to me, it can almost fit in any rock song, to be honest. Well, yeah, it's uh, the legendary Terje Lipdal. Uh, a wonderful Norwegian musician, uh, an unsung uh, rock guitar player. Not rock, but uh, yeah, you could say he's a rock player, even though he's primarily a jazz musician. But I hope uh, the jazz purists won't take this against me. But his sound is, <laughs> uh, I, I would say his sound is uh, in many ways very close to something that, for example, um, David Gilmer... Uh, was doing or maybe something you know uh, generally speaking that sort of prog rock guitar style and I like the way Terje Ripdal fuses rock and jazz together just truly masterful and unique and if you had to choose the star of this record he might be the star even though it's uh, Katil Bjornstad's great compositions that really take this one to the next level i would say alongside the amazing musicians yeah exactly so can you kind of define the roles of uh, of each instrument here so what kind of vibe did you get from the piano and from the guitar and yeah so for uh, first i want our listeners to get the idea of what this record is like um this is not a typical jazz record, but now I really mean it, <laughs> you know, because the other two, they had that kind of jazzy vibe to them, but this one has more of a neoclassical vibe for me, I would say, even though there's uh, definitely some improvisation here, especially when it comes to guitar solos, but it's a very melodic, very melancholy record, uh, very emotionally resonant. It's something that um it conjures memories uh conjures situations uh where i don't know it's very wistful you know very sad um it's and it's also grandiose in its uh it's in its um composition and uh when it comes to individual instruments you have this sparse beautiful sparse piano uh, introducing the themes and then you have the build-up with cello 
and the guitar and the drums coming in, uh, the drums gently propelling the music so that it doesn't get boring. This is the kind of music that is not very fast-paced, you know. On the contrary, it's very slow, and uh, it's it's all about you know striking that chord with you getting into your heart yeah that's a pretty interesting description um apart from um from the music and also the, the album cover what i like about this album which is pretty unusual is that um actually the names of the tracks you know because uh you usually you have a, a different name for for every track in your album this one is completely it, it has basically the same name so the first track is called the c1 the second track is called the c2 and it goes yeah. all the way to to 12. so that that simplicity is really is really interesting and it doesn't really reflect the uh the music from the record you know um well, I, I would maybe slightly disagree with you there because I think it's a single piece of music. You know, that's why all the tracks have the same name because that's the idea. You know, this is about the sea and uh, what conjures, uh, what what this record conjures in my mind, again, are the Norwegian landscapes. But unlike uh, Aftenland, this one recalls uh, windy uh, autumn days, you know, walking by the sea, observing the mountains in the distance. Um, and there is that sadness to it that makes it easy to relate to different situations and people. And, uh, you know, there is just something transcendental about this record. This is a beautiful album, uh, maybe one of the most beautiful pieces of music I've ever heard. Oh wow! Okay, that's pretty interesting. So uh, okay, um, the rating for this album, Vlada. Well, again, I'll give it a ten. There's a reason why I suggested these albums for today. So definitely, uh, just like the previous record, uh, I wouldn't call this a jazz album at all. I think it's something entirely different, even though it was recorded by jazz musicians. But it's a wonderful piece of music that just um, I'm just so happy to have discovered this uh, record in recent months. So I hope everyone else will take a chance on this one. Yep. Okay. Uh, from my side, again, eight out of ten. And to be honest, uh, maybe the second and the third records uh, from today are going to be my baby steps uh to uh towards kind of starting to accept the jazz music as something that, that i genuinely like so um now we are we're approaching the the very end of, of our episode dear listeners we would like to hear your feedback we'd also like you to invite uh to, to invite you to subscribe to our youtube channel and also uh, we've got some good news so we're officially on facebook uh, you can just type facebook.com slash sunrisepod. Uh, and also, we are uh, we're members of Patreon. So if, if, you, if you want to support our work and help 
our our podcast grow just just start following us over there so uh yeah Vlada, do you have something something to say as your final word uh well i would like our listeners to tell us more about uh which jazz records they love uh and also again i would like to hear more about album covers since the ECM label has such a strong visual identity. I want you guys to tell us uh, how important album covers are for your enjoyment of music. Yeah, so thanks again for listening and uh, we'll see you then in the next episode.